Thanks for downloading this podcast from Burghead Free Church in Murray, Scotland. We exist to know Jesus and make Jesus known. Our vision is to grow to be a vibrant all-age church of 100 disciples. Find out more at burgheadfreechurch.org. So, Louise, thank you so much for uh, speaking to me tonight and being part of our um, equip series of um, services. And as you know, we're trying to get inside uh, different issues that face us as Christians in the contemporary world and how we can deal with them. And um, it's so nice to, to, to chat to you. Um, Louise uh, taught me a wee bit at ETS. So that's some of her background. But Louise, why don't you just tell us um, a little bit about who you are and where you are uh, and also how you came to be here today. What's your involvement in this whole world? Uh, well, I'm married to Neil, so that's he would want me to say that first. So I'm going to say that first. <laughs> so, and he, we uh, five years ago planted a church in the south of Edinburgh, and we have four kids, uh, ranging ages from not quite as many as you, Peter. I, I don't know how many you have at the moment. So at the moment, five. Okay, four kids we've got, uh, ranging ages from 15 to 27 last week. So. Um, uh, and so we've been involved in this church plant and uh, before that actually we were in Kirkcaldy uh, in Fife. Uh, Neil was a minister there for 16 years so and I used to have a trail of people coming into the kitchen talking about their issues and problems and I never really knew what to say to them. I think I would just baptise some uh, secular thinking some Oprah it was Oprah Oprah was big back in them days with some bible verses and a prayer and hope for the best uh, and then my friend from the states actually uh, she went back to the states and said you have to do this course so so she uh, cajoled me into doing this course with uh, CCEF which is the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation uh, in Philadelphia and you know I was hooked after the first course and I just kept on going so that was about 14 years ago yeah. and ever since then I didn't really have any aspirations in fact I didn't have any aspirations to become a counsellor but God had different uh, a different idea in mind and when we moved to Edinburgh uh, the minister in the church we were going to in St Columbus Derek Lamond sort of asked me to meet people uh, who had significant struggles and it just grew from there and uh, so I counsel in Edinburgh, I work with a group of churches here and also teach an introduction to biblical counselling at ETS and also tutor uh, through Biblical Counselling UK, who I'm involved with, uh, a certificate course in counselling. So mm. I know that sounds kind of busy, but uh, <laughs> and it can be. <laughs> and funnily enough, just before we started, you were saying, is it busy now? And it is busy now. You know, I think 2020 has been a year that has exasperated most of us so uh, it's uh, yeah so speaking about 2020 and actually not just in 2020 but it does seem as if um in in our modern world there is a lot more talk about uh, mental health issues you know perhaps even when there was you know when i was growing up a few decades ago um my question is what what's going on there are, are things much worse than they used to be um, are we just recognising issues that, that were always there? Why, why is this so much um, in the headlines and, and in our kind of public conversation at the moment? 
Yeah, I, I actually, I'm not sure about the answer to that. You know, I think there's a lot of uh, chat around it. You know, is it the breakdown of community? I think that probably contributes to it. Uh, it certainly is highlighted more, but uh, I think more people are willing to talk about their experiences. You know, it's not so hidden away. Uh, and I think I'm not sure that the anxieties of modern life are worse than what they were, you know, if you read anything about the Middle Ages, you'll realise that life was tough in the Middle Ages. I'm not sure that people were anxiety free in the Middle Ages, you know. Uh, they just didn't have names for these things, you know. In fact, it's only in the 20th century, really, that we t start to have psychological categories. So, so, so talking about it, you know, giving things names like depression and anxiety and all the other diagnoses that you could come up with are... Um, are relatively new, you know, and I think uh, that's probably added to the fact that we talk about it more and people uh, identify the struggles more easily. So, so there's an answer that's not really an answer. <laughs> so, that's really helpful. And in terms of your um, your work, you mentioned CCEF, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure people can go and look up on online, and and biblical counselling more more broadly. Mm -hmm. Um, just give us a flavour of of what that is. You know, maybe for many of us, our experience of of what what counselling is maybe does come from Oprah or from you know uh, TV shows. What's biblical counselling? How is it the same or, or different to to what we might expect from a, a kind of counselling session? Yeah, uh, what's different? I think the main difference is that it's Christ at the centre uh, instead of us at the centre. You know, uh, whereas you know, I think secular counselling would always put a person's happiness as their main goal. Uh, and a biblical counsellor wouldn't do that. They would put God's glory as the main goal. You know, that catechism one, you know, uh, what's man's chief end to glorify God and enjoy him forever would be the goal. So that changes things. It brings God into the mix, uh, you know, and, and that changes not only the message but it also changes the methodology because you 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 look to God's methodology to Jesus's methodology uh, rather than a, a, a secular form but um what, what is biblical counseling it's really applying the bible to the details of our lives it's as simple as that you know it's it's living the christian life uh, you know and it's encouraging people it's taking God at his word, really, and applying what he says, applying his promises, uh, applying what he says about himself, applying what he says about us to the very smallest details of our, our lives. So, so it's not just about struggles, although, you know, I would, you know, and it's not just about mental health or it's about, you know, the fact that we all struggle to be gracious, wise, patient, loving spouses, parents, flatmates, friends, uh, daughters, sons, you know, I don't think there's any of us that don't struggle to connect uh, being wise and uh, being godly with, you know, certain tension points in our lives. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I don't know if that's a good explanation or not, but... Uh, um, yeah. For someone, say, who... Um, well, it's a slightly different question. What would the relationship be? So, so you know, folks who, who struggle with particular issues, you know, may have um, uh, had or even 
you know, benefited from, um, uh, you know, secular counselling or things like, you know, cognitive behavioural therapy, uh, medication as well. Um, is there a place for these things, do you think? Yeah, I absolutely do uh, think there is a place for these things. Yeah, and let's face it, there's not that many biblical counsellors out there either. You know, we need, you know, we need all the help we can get, you know, and it, uh, you know, all of these people want to help people, <laughs> you know, uh, so your CBT practitioner wants to help you feel better. And that is not a bad thing, you know, it may be coming from a different place, uh, you know, than what a biblical counsellor would come from, but it, it can be really helpful. Medication, you mentioned, you know, and one of the things I would say is that, you know, if you're uh, walking alongside somebody who you think could be depressed, you know, one of the best things you can do that them is take them to the GP, you know, go with them to the D GP. Uh, and, you know, medication can really help us um, just even out our emotions. You know, when you're depressed, your emotions, you feel numb, you feel you have no emotions sometimes. Uh, and it can help us just feel more normal and maybe able to cope better with you know, whatever is going on in our lives. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the methodology of, of biblical counselling and certainly in, in the bit of study, I stress the bit of study that I've done, which was mostly with you. I think that's one of the things that struck me most. Um, you mentioned applying the Bible to the details of life. What really struck me was how um, we, we looked at really quite maybe small or, or mundane things that happened in life that, that kind of the way we responded to them betrayed something bigger, perhaps about, about us and about how we were thinking or living. Can you just maybe just give us a little flavor of the sort of methodology that you might take people through to, to maybe show underlying issues. Yeah, I, you, you're just hitting right on it there. It's, you know, it's going to the heart, isn't it? It's, uh, and our heart in the Bible usually uh, is talking about our desires, you know, who, who do we love? What do we love in that moment? You know, who, uh, who are we worshipping? You know, if we're not worshipping Jesus, we're worshipping somebody else. So in that moment, you know, in the mundane bits of life, you know, when you shout at your spouse or you get irritated with your kids or, you know, we all realise that that's not godly, you know, but it's it's asking the question then, well, what am I doing that's that's not right here? You know, where where is my worship going if it's not going to God at that moment, you know? And then asking yourself, you know, what's my heart craving? What's my heart desiring when I'm irritated with my kids for interrupting me mm. for the 20th time, you know? And quite often in that case, it's our own comfort we're, we're, we're craving, you know? And there's part of us that thinks, you know, we deserve that comfort more than anything else in that moment. And we deserve it so much that we're willing to, punish our kids or get angry with our kids and you know bring this tension bring conflict into the household because we crave our own comfort so much that's just one example of you know the way our hearts can go in the wrong direction even though we are christians you know yeah i'm starting to wonder if you've had the cameras up in my house now <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe it <laughs> I, that's what what really struck me um, was that that small things um, can betray, you know, our hearts, and that's, I you know, I wouldn't say I've become a great practitioner, but that's the thing that's stuck with me most, and that's that's helped 
helped me most. Give me an example. There. So say if I come to you um, and I'm, I'm struggling with, um, with deep anxiety, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the questions you might ask me? Or would you perhaps take me through a moment when I was feeling anxious and, and ask me what was happening in my heart? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I would, I would try and understand what's going on. Yeah, so that might be, you know, tell me about the last time you were anxious, yeah. you know, yeah. what added to you. When people are, are really suffering from anxiety, it kind of never goes away. Some things make it worse, but, uh, you know, it feels as if it's ever present with you and you've got zero capacity for anything else. Mm-hmm. So trying to understand that and trying to help the person understand themselves, you know, would be... So the kind of, you know, that's it. I would ask you, you know, when was the last time you were anxious? What were you feeling? What were you thinking? You know, did God figure at all in that, in that moment? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and it's just, I would try and slow things down, you know, just slow things down and not go too quickly to thinking, well, what's going on in their heart? Because that can be quite devastating to somebody. And it's so easy to get it wrong. You know, you know, we don't have you know, a special insight. You know, we need God to reveal our hearts to us. So, so it can be quite a dangerous thing to kind of go to, you know, what that person's motivations are too quickly, mm-hmm. uh, but actually try and understand them and, you know, move towards them in that. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, really just listen well, you mm-hmm. know. It always strikes me that, although perhaps the examples we use about would, would be folks who have um, particular struggles, mm-hmm. but actually this this whole methodology is actually just the Christian life, and so it's actually relevant for everyone. We you know we all need to go through this process of trying to apply Scripture to ourselves and, and to our hearts. So maybe a bit more of a, a general question now um, about about the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, about our congregation, for for example, um, you know we are a collection of, of of sinners and sufferers, but also saints. Um, and I wonder how how can we be a church um, that that is that helps people who are struggling. I, I suppose the wider question is how can we we be a church that helps disciple everyone because we all need that help. Um, but it just seems to me that often the church sadly can become a place where I'm, I'm, I'm never willing to admit my weakness or my struggles. How can the church be a better environment to help each other? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really great question to ask, you know, and how to create that culture where people don't feel they need to come into church. And if somebody asks them how they are, they've got to be fine, you know, that the the vision, you know, our, our model of a Christian is strength rather than weakness, you know, and it's certainly not what Paul modelled to us, it's not what Jesus modelled to us, uh, in fact, they modelled quite the opposite, so, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about where did that come from, I don't know, and I, I certainly was brought up with that kind of idea that, you know, a Christian was somebody who coped with everything, who was strong in the face of everything and never admitted any faults or weaknesses, uh, you, know, you, you, you know, that meant you were failing as a Christian, you know, and... Uh, so I think we have to start with modelling, uh, you know, and I think it starts with leadership and it starts with the preaching, actually, is modelling weakness. Uh, and it's the most refreshing thing to hear a preacher actually apply the gospel to themselves. And, you know, for people, 
for the people in the pew or the seat to realize that actually the preacher isn't perfect. He struggles with the same things I struggle with and he needs the gospel just as much as I do. Mm. So I think that's a start. So the preaching, you know, that this comes through the preaching that mm -hmm. actually um, weakness is is where we are. It's who we are as human beings. We're utterly dependent on God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's so helpful to start with with leaders and, and preachers as well. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can operate under the same model that we must, we know, must project strength um, as well. I'm thinking, though, as well about um, all of those commands in the New Testament, which which are to do with with one another, mm -hmm. um, you know, to to carry one another's burdens, um, uh, to speak the truth in love to one another. I guess there are lots of folk in in our congregation and in many churches who who, who really want to help, mm -hmm. you know, their brother or their sister who is obviously struggling, um, but but just don't know what to do um, on, on that individual level, have no idea where to start. Yeah. What, what tips could you give just a, a normal Christian who just wants to be a, a good help and a good brother or sister um, to yeah. those who, who are struggling? Yeah, I think it's really important to know that you don't have all the answers and mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's no, not our job to fix people. You know, uh, I think that's incredibly important for us to remember that that's not our job you know and even not you know giving advice I would really probably recommend apart from should you go and see your GP you know giving advice is actually really uh, tough you know I mean, you can think back to when you were given advice yourself you've got the choice to take it or not take it so it immediately becomes divisive you know and uh, so you know, don't worry about giving advice don't worry about trying to solve things but you know, I would say uh, faithfulness, you know, just being a good friend is just, you know, being being there, you know, asking, how are you feeling? You know, how's, how's it going? And being the kind of person that somebody is willing to share what's deep and hard with somebody else, you know, that you're a trustworthy mm. person. They know you're not going to gossip about it. They, you, they know that you're going to handle what they hear with care and the other thing I would say is just uh, pray with people you know ask them how can I pray with you how can I pray for you and then pray with them you know not just say I'll pray for you but pray with them there and then uh, and I think you know it's amazing how that can be a helpful thing for people to experience um, friendship so actually, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking about a woman that I met with years and years ago, and she was suffering from deep, deep depression. And, you know, people who have got deep depression go round the same things again and again, you know, and if, you, if you're listening to this and you've got depression, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you're part of a family with somebody who's got deep, you know, long lasting depression, you'll know what it's like uh, but faithfulness, she had, this woman had had several friends who'd say, I'll read this book with you. And none of them had ever got to the end of the book, you know. So it was a real challenge to me, actually, keep on going, you know, and widen the circle. You know, um, it's not all about you, you know, have two or three people who care for one person who's really struggling with long term difficulties. You know, it's not all about you and 
you know, know your own capacity as well for yeah. helping this person, um, you know, share the load, you know, ask, of course, for, before you do that. But, you know, so widen this person's circle so that, you know, when things are tough for you and you need to take a wee break, there is somebody else there who'll, who'll help. Mm. You know? two, two last final brief um, uh, questions, Louise. I'm slightly off the script of our questions here, but I, I'm just interested. Okay. If, if there was someone who um, uh, wants to take this further and mm -hmm. um, they, they want to... Um, become an even better help and they're interested in what you know that this this journey that you went on of discovering um ccef and going through their courses can anyone do that how would someone take that forward if, if they wanted to yeah uh, that is a great question uh, i think it's really important for churches to identify people who mm. have giftings in this area you know you're seeing somebody week in week out and they're the ones who go to the person who's really struggling and they and to encourage them to actually do the courses. So uh, all the information is available online. So uh, either you can do it all online actually uh, through CCEF, which is what I did, uh, but Biblical Counseling UK have their own website and they use the courses from CCEF and uh, they add to them um, a seminar once a fortnight down in Edinburgh, although it's all online just now, so, uh, which is meant to actually, we've got twice the amount of people actually studying with us this year because it's all online. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's easy enough to do. You do not need any prior qualifications. You just need a, a, a compassionate heart mm. and an openness to, to actually, the course really demands vulnerability from yourself. Uh, and sort of drives towards searching your own heart first before you actually try and help other people. Mm. And for those in our congregation, um, uh, Carrie, who was our admin and community worker, who's just moved on to Inverness now, um, but Carrie did some of uh, yeah. the CCEF courses as well. And so I know lots of folks were helped by, by Carrie. So that's another commendation really of, of those courses. Mm -hmm. Last question, Louise, we were chatting just before we be began recording um, about COVID. In fact, I was on another Zoom call this morning where the person I was meeting with said, please, can we not talk about COVID? And then we ended up doing it anyway for about 15 minutes. <laughs> this is a time of, of particular tension and, and difficulty. Um, I, I guess lots of people are feeling struggles that they've not felt before, maybe with anxiety or, or, or even depression or these sorts of things. What, what, what kind of things are you seeing more of this year in particular? How do you think it's having an effect on, on all of us? I think actually uh, anxiety, definitely. Uh, you know, anxiety, some people's anxiety levels have gone through the roof. Uh, and, you know, loneliness, isolation, mm. conflict in marriages, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm seeing more of. Yeah. Yeah. So more need than ever to... Um, more need than ever, yeah. I mean, I think what it's thrown up is that we were never in control anyway, but we thought we were, <laughs> you know. So, and I, I just, uh, the other thing that struck me about is how angry people get, you know, uh, about everything, you know, and that's all about control as well, isn't it? You know, we want things to be a certain way and they're not, and, you know, just the anger uh, that's, that's around everywhere you know uh, I, I was reading the book Gentle and Lowly I don't know if you've come across it Dean Ortland's book 
Oh, there you go. We really did not discuss this beforehand. <laughs> no, that's not a plug, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think it's got a vital kind of message for this time. You know, I don't think he knew that, but just how much humility and gentleness we need with our fellow even the people who live in the house with us, you know. <laughs> so, Especially the people who live in the house with us. Yeah. So I, would, I would give that as my 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 prescription, actually, for, hey. uh, for that lockdown. Great. So, folks, we've we've had our consultation and our prescription, and uh, I can uh, point you to this book as well, which I've only just started, I must say, um, but I'll enjoy reading that. Louise, thank you so much for giving up your time, which is very busy and uh, pressed by many demands. Um, we, we really appreciate it. And um, we'll see you one day, I hope, maybe in person. Um, but for now, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Please feel free to share this podcast. And if you'd like to be up to date with each week's talk, why not search Burkhead Free Church on your favourite podcast app and hit the subscribe button. For more information, go to birkheadfreechurch.org.